Welcome to the Magic Pisces Podcast. Magic Pisces, it's been a minute. This one's for you, Greg. Fuck you, Greg. Fuck you. No, really. You're the you're the best. I appreciate you. Greg D sends me texts sometimes that are like, where's my podcast? Where's my podcast? He sent the he sent the uh the sweetest text to me the other day. What was it? What did you say? What did you say? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Um, you're one of the very few human beings that I'm not tired of hearing talk. My response, haha, thanks, man. That means the world. Damn. <clears throat> thanks for that. That was that really kind of made my day. I was like, fuck. Maybe my words matter. Maybe yours matter. I don't know if Greg started a podcast if I'd get sick of hearing him talk. Maybe. I'd probably just I'd probably listen to it. I'd probably have it downloading, you know, automatically and just playing. You should start a podcast, whoever you are. Whoever you are that's listening, you should start a podcast. And uh, as I've said many times, I wasn't planning on a global pandemic erupting or exploding or whatever the word is. In I think I started this in January 2020 or December of 2019, pre, like pre-pandemic. And it's funny because I was getting, I was getting emails in... I think December of 2019, maybe January, from a friend of mine in Chicago, who I've referenced on here or, or, or mentioned on here before, and and she was like, you're going to need to get masks. You need to go to a Home Depot and get goggles and surgical masks and rubber gloves. I don't know if you get surgical masks at Home Depot, but she's like, you're going to need goggles and rubber gloves and masks. And I was like, oh, whatever. Like, what are you, fucking crazy? And... uh wasn't crazy. And then the Cliff High the Cliff High video from like early February or March of twenty twenty where he's basically he's just giving the whole rundown on exactly how it would go down. And it's ex basically the way he said it would go down is it's exactly how it went down. It went down I, I'd have to dig up the video and find it. It's maybe not exactly, but it's pretty damn close. And um here we are. Here we are and I don't even know what the fuck to make of all this. Like COVID seems to be over and now there's this Russian war thing. And I still, I still don't buy it. Like if you snoop around, if you go on BitChute, right? Conspiracy theory, YouTube, you can find out that there's more to it. Like Trump and Putin were actually fighting the world bank and Charles Schwab and all those guys. And that's why they were actually friends is because Putin is, you know, he's actually a good guy. And the Ukraine, I've actually heard on, on BitChute that Ukraine is actually a, an, an organ harvesting country. They harvest tons of organs and they take place in all these like evil, evil, you know, stuff. And uh, and so you actually, we actually, you know, so the conspiracy theorists, some of them actually want Ukraine to lose because the Ukrainians are... More evil than the Russians. Ha, ha, ha. I don't know. I don't really buy it. I don't know what I buy anymore. Um, I'm, I'm sick of being one of those anti-MSM, anti-mainstream media people. It's just gotten old. And I got this this web, this web uh, 
website blocker. It's called Freedom. You just go to freedom.to is the instead of com, it's .to. And you just I got it for like 20 bucks for a year or something or 25 bucks for a year. Super cheap and you basically just turn off you can just turn off your internet on your phone and on your computer for like hours at a time. So I've been waking up on Saturdays, I'll I'll go internetless and appless for like seven or eight hours. It's fucking epic. You start your brains. I swear to God, your brain starts to to rewire itself for for no internet. You you'll just be you'll just be sitting there on the couch, and all of a sudden, you've got to reach for your computer habitually, and then you're like, "What the fuck was I doing that? Why was I doing that anyway? There was absolutely no purpose at all." for me grabbing my computer or phone. And then you, you you find yourself just like staring at your phone. Like like but you can't use it. You can't use any of the apps and and you're just like, what is the purpose of my existence then? What did I do before this? Maybe watch the TV, but I was never a big TV person. But super weird. You're just you start like looking around. I start looking around the house and dusting and shit I'm just like this is fucking weird start reading books um started reading this i've been reading this great book called quantum healing by um deepak chopra and uh it's really really fascinating i highly recommend it it gets it's all about the quantum field and sort of what happens when at the quantum level with healing and spontaneous cancer remission and and stuff like that and i was actually telling greg that i if when you hang around recovery recovery people and recovery the recovery scene um you hear all kinds of miraculous stories you hear all kinds of um stories about things happening people's lives that shouldn't really happen you know you hear of people getting out of prison sentences or judges being lenient or people finding places to live people finding jobs people just it just it's it's interesting cuz when you're when you're fully in recovery and you hang around with people who are fully in recovery mostly cuz it's really like that's kind of like where your friends are and it's not about needing to hang out with recovery people because you need the recovery people to keep you away from the bar it's not like that at all that's that's kind of a myth um it's not like these are your friends now it's it's not like that it's like people in recovery like real recovery are very spiritually oriented people not even spiritually oriented people they're spiritual beings they've given their lives over to what most people just refer to as god and so when you're when you're kicking it with people who have turned their lives over to god you start seeing what happens in the lives of people who turn their lives over to god and you just see shit working out. It's not like it's not like everybody gets rich, and it's not like anybody everybody gets like a hot wife or a, a whatever. It's not it's not like that. It's just kind of more. It's kind of more mundane. Like just things just kind of fundamentally go your way. Life and 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 as they say in the program is that God will start doing for you what you can't do for yourself. And that was kind of my first year in recovery. Um, that was kind of how it went. Like I, I spent four months in fucking rehab and don't go to rehab. I'm sure I've said it before. Don't go to rehab if you don't have to ever. If you have to, definitely go. There are probably some listeners who need to go to rehab. If you're one of those listeners that needs to go to rehab, you should go. I support you. 
Just Google Share Chicago, S-H-A-R-E, uh, Hoffman Estates, and they'll probably have a bed for you. It's it's pretty much free. I think it's like a thousand bucks for a month or something. It's like government sponsored or some shit. But um, you, I, I I went to rehab and I got out of rehab, and 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 next thing, one thing, then I'm going. I'm living in a halfway house and like a institutional like recovery home, whatever you want to call it. And I got out of there. And before I know it, I'm living at this on the beach in Rogers Park in Chicago, in this private beach, where I lived for nine years. And it's just like the the what what the people in recovery will tell you, like the people that have that have been sober for years will tell you, is that you can have a life beyond your wildest dreams. And you're like sitting in rehab, strung out on heroin, and you've got felonies, and you know you've got shit to deal with, and people got like baby mama drama and drama with their fucking kids, and just. People have done in rehab have done some for the most part. Most people in rehab have done some pretty fucking awful things. Just, just, just kind of at this very basic level. If you're in rehab, you've probably done some shitty things, and um, and the rehab and the 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 recovery guys come in and they're like, you can have a life beyond your wildest dreams, and you're like, have you seen my life, you fucking asshole? Who the fuck are you? You know, and but that's the way it always works out, and so when, and 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 it's just amazing to see. Um, what happens when you're, when you're hanging around with people like this, who are, who have given their lives, turned their lives over to, to see the way spirit universe, God works collectively through groups of human beings who are truly spiritually committed and who are also like truly human, like truly normal human beings. They're not talking about like going and living in an ashram and being a monk or, you know, committing your life to some yogic path where you're just eating avocados all day long. You know, you you can take your spirituality in that direction. I mean, I have taken my spirituality in that direction, but that's that's more of kind of like a bell and a whistle, like the Ayurvedic path, where I'm, you know, really monitoring what I eat. That's that's what kind of my next thing is Ayurveda, um, which is what Deep, Deepak Chopra talks a lot about in this book, but. Really, it's kind of like you just you start hanging out with people in recovery who who just they want to do the right thing, and they and the thing is they're still they're still programmed to do the wrong thing. You know, it's like people who've been to prison multiple times, and people who've just done all kinds of fucked up shit, and they get in recovery. And, and I'm talking about the ones who become fully awakened. Ones become fully awakened, which happens pretty quickly if you're able to discover the way to abandon your soul to something greater than yourself, which would be step three of the 12 steps. Um, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God. But um, if you figure out the way to do that, which is very tricky, like learning how to learning how to see God is kind of like one of those, if, if you remember those, those posters they used to have in the 90s and like the airport, like in the airport gift shop, it's where it's like a blurry picture. It's like a pixelated picture. It looks all blurry, but if you, if you like relax your eyesight, you can see a spaceship or like a whatever, you know? And then as soon as you see it, you're like trying to tell your friend, you're like, just relax and you can see the spaceship. And your friend's like, I can't see the spaceship. And you're like, just relax. And then you can't not see the spaceship. It's kind of like that. That's kind of like God, like... As soon as I saw the spaceship in the mess of my life, it became impossible to not see the spaceship. I started seeing the spaceship in everything. And when you try to tell somebody to see a spaceship that's not ready, that's committed to seeing a pixelated, fucked up, chaotic looking thing, that's all they're going to see. And so that's why I'm not 
the biggest proponent of like preaching or quote unquote spreading the good news like Jesus supposedly said you're supposed to do or whatever. Um, I've I've never I've never encountered a Christian who who's like quote unquote spreading the good word or spreading the good news that didn't really fucking kind of piss me off, you know. And that's the beautiful thing about recovery work is nobody's nobody's chasing you down and bringing you to these stupid meetings. Nobody's nobody's making you do a single fucking thing. People are just making suggestions, but they're also very much there for you if you need them. So, um, you know, there's no, I think it's prosathetizing. What's the freaking word? I don't know. Prosilitizing? I don't know. There's none of that in recovery. And, um, and that's why it's so effective in so many ways. And that's why it'll always just be doing its thing. It'll always just be lurking around like like the pandemic couldn't put recovery down because people just got lawn chairs and went to parking lots and sat under streetlights and you know the three people sitting under a streetlight i didn't drink today great you know uh neither did i you know and maybe somebody did but that's okay they're 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 at the recovery gathering now or they made it to the recovery gathering anyway and so um, I, there's something at the quantum level that happens there. There's something truly miraculous. And then, and then, you know, I've heard stories in AA where I shouldn't, I've heard stories in the recovery program, in the recovery community. Um, it's got to keep the A and A, um, of people like there's one woman I know needed surgery. She was going to have surgery and for, uh, she was going to have a breast removed. She had breast cancer. And her and her husband, who was also in the program, prayed about it the night before. They just said, God, whatever your will is, we I put this in your hands. I give this to you. And uh, when they cut her open the next day, the can- it was gone. There was nothing there. And they were like, there's no cancer here. We don't know what to do. And they just stitched her back up, and she woke up, and they're like, there's no cancer. And, and, and it's really – when you're around people that are, like, truly spiritual, that 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 get to a point where – I mean, if you really want to just dumb down spirituality, it's kind of like you encounter a little conundrum in life and you just tell God to take care of it. Just like, God, I I fucking put this in your hands. Like you're in a traffic jam and you're late for work or something. Just, you know what, God, I'm just going to fucking give this thing to you. You know, like I, I can't do this. I can't do this by myself. I'm not going to try to speed and I don't want to run any people over. You just take this thing. Just fucking take it for me. <coughs> then you... You get to work late or or you make it to work on time or you get to work late and like your boss was late also doesn't know something like that. And then you just you just you just feel the wink of the universe being like, ha ha ha, I got you again, didn't I? You know, it's funny because I got my um, I got a job after this is after um, I was eight months sober and I had gotten out of rehab in late October and kind of survived the winter on cookies and cupcakes and fucking chips and shit from recovery gatherings that I went to religiously and um, or spiritually, whatever. And um, and I decided it was time to get a job. Like I needed a job, and and so I I went to um, I just email uploaded a fucking resume on Craigslist and. And I made up this company for two years. There was this company I made up on my resume called First Capital Funding. I just made it up. 
and I put it on the resume, and I just made up this bullshit position that I had that was just all a fucking—it was just a straight-up lie. There was nothing honest about it. Um, and uh, and I, I sent it into this Craigslist ad, and, like, I don't know. I want to say, like, 15 minutes later, if that even, maybe somewhere between, like, 5 and 30 minutes later, I get a call from this guy, John. And he's like, hey, this is da- uh, John from Half Point. How you doing today? I'm like, pretty good. I'm like in my apartment, you know, like fucking around or whatever. And uh, he's like, I got your resume here. He's like, why don't you, well, let's, let's go through your resume on the phone. I'm like, okay. So he's like, so tell me about this first capital funding. And I'm like, I'm like, well, uh, now mind you, the two years that I was at quote unquote first capital funding, I was literally wandering the streets of the west side of Chicago, shooting heroin, smoking crack, drinking but vodka, you know, drinking skull vodka out of a plastic bottle in a brown paper bag. Literally, I'm being 100% serious. <laughs> that was my life when I was quote unquote working at First Capital Funding. And and so I start like stumbling on my words and I'm like, uh, well, you know, and, and so he's, I know him well now and he's like this really smart guy, right? Uh, and incredibly detective-like, but I'm just assuming he's a dumbass, Right. And uh, he's not. So he, at some point in this phone conversation, is like, uh, "You know what? Uh, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not buying it." And I'm like, "I'm like, oh." And he's like, "Well, but why don't you, why don't you come in for an interview anyway? Because I'm, I'm just, you know, there's something about you." And I'm like, "This is, this is May. No, this is April of 2008. I got off felony probation 13 months early on my 33rd birthday on March." 20th 2008 and I got let off probation early because I rode my bicycle from Rogers Park to 26th in California to go to my probation apartment I'd like show up at probation piss in a cup see the judge they look at my paperwork they see that like I've gone to rehab and like that I'm doing my probation the probation was 24 months this is the 13th the 11th month of my probation and he he looks at my fucking case well, he looks at me in his courtroom. I'm covered in mud because I just rode 17 miles to 26 in California from Rogers Park. And he's like, what the hell are you, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm like, oh, well, I rode my bike here, Your Honor. You know, very matter of factly, like I'm fucking doing what I'm supposed to do, Your Honor. And he's like, but you're covered in mud. You're, you're all soaking wet. I had like mud on my face and shit. It was like rain, literally raining and snowing. It was just one of those god awful spring days, first day of spring. And, and, and so there's like a puddle at my feet. And he's just fucking like looking at me kind of quizzically, but also like kind of smiling a little bit. His name was Judge Kirby. I might have told this story before. And and I'm just like, well, yes, yes, Your Honor. And he, he like looks at my case and he's like, well, looks here like you went to rehab. You were there for four months. You've got a letter from your recovery sponsor and, you know, all your urine analysis were clean and it's your birthday. And he's just like, you know what? Just get the fuck out of here. He didn't say fuck, but he's like, get, get the hell out of here. Just go. I don't want to see you in the, my courtroom ever again. We don't need people like you in our system. Go. And he let me go 13 months early of 24-month probation, right? Um, that That's the kind of story you hear in recovery all over the place. You just hear stories like that. And I'm just like, I mean, I'm literally like fucking, this is, this is at the end of a harrowing ordeal. And at the time, I'm like eight. I'm probably like eight, I'm eight months sober, nine months sober, right? So I upload my resume to this job like three weeks later, not even two and a half weeks later, and this guy calls me, busts me fucking lying in the goddamn fucking phone interview and invites me in for an in-person interview anyway. And 
And I got the job. Like, by the time I got home, I, it was funny because I had this suit that was, like, too big for me. And I, like, borrowed some shoes from my friend. And the shoes were, like, size 12. And I wear a size 9. And the suit was, like, too big. And I didn't really have a haircut. I, like, put this tie on. And I'm, like, I just looked like, I, I don't know what I look like. But my point is, he he saw the look in my eye. And the look, the it's, he saw the same look in my eyes as the judge saw which the judge was like, I don't care if you're messy or sitting and standing here in a puddle of mud in my courtroom, dripping, soaking wet. The, the same was with the, the Avpoint guy. He was like, I don't care if you're, if you're, uh, if you're lying on your resume uh, to cover the, for the time that you were smoking crack um, and, that you, and that I caught you for it and I don't care that your suit looks like shit and your hair is messy or whatever. Uh, I'm going to give you an opportunity. And he gave me the fucking job. By the time I got home, I don't know, 45 minutes later or whatever, he had made me a, a job offer for my first ever like salary-paying job with commission. That's a fucking miracle. That is the quantum field. That is quantum healing. That is what happens when you give your life over to something greater than you. That something that's greater than you just kind of fucking... <laughs> works miracles for you it's just like i got this don't worry and like i just imagine god or whoever the angels like making phone calls to one another like whispering in the ears of the judge and whispering in the ears of the the um you know the the guy interviewing me um and and it's i forget this shit i go off on these rants about the fucking leftists here and the fucking you know like cliff high conspiracy theories over there and adrenochrome and like all this shit. And I forget that I have been blessed. Like God has given me the most amazing life and God's spirit. He, she, it, excuse me, whatever will give you that will, 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 will bless you as well. And you, if, if you're willing to surrender your life to he, she, or it, and here's the thing about surrender. Surrender is not passive. Surrender means you have to like take a bunch of contrary action. So when I rode my bike the 17 miles in the rain and snow that day to be to the court to be the court appointment on time, that was an act of surrender. It was an act of surrender. Okay, God. Okay, judge. I will be on time for my probation appointment. Okay, I will do the thing. Okay, I will stop doing heroin. <clears throat> Excuse me. And check into a god awful treatment center, a god awful detox center, and get into the fetal position for five or six or seven days, however long it was, in the 100 degree heat with the rubber sheets and the box fan. And, and the having to take showers in my clothes with a bar of soap to wash my clothes while it was in there because they would only let me in with the clothes on my back. Okay, God, I surrender. I will do that. Okay, I will eat government peanut butter for four months, and then I'll go to a fucking recovery home and live with a bunch of fucking whack jobs there because all the people in recovery homes are crazy, like everybody, including myself, right? There's just all this drama. There's like this seventh-grade girl drama, you know, and— and there's crazy, dangerous people in these places too, mind you. And you don't know anybody. Half, half the people are in and out real quick. But there are a few people that are surrendered. There are one or two people that you look around and they're actually committed to changing their lives. 
and you what I did was I I hooked up with those people. There's this guy Jason, this guy John. One I think those two are still sober. One of them is actually a very fundamental part of my recovery. And um <clears throat> that was 15 almost that was 14 years ago now, almost 15 years ago. So miracles are available. And so I, when I was chatting with Greg, we were talking about Maybe if maybe we could create a miracle for Ukraine, maybe we because because Vladimir Putin's just a person, maybe we could create um, maybe we could pray for that person's soul and maybe that person would start making different decisions. People prayed for my soul and I started making different decisions. People didn't give up on me. And I started making decision, different decisions. Maybe that person is no greater than me and is just a lost, spun around, twisted human being who's got some shit that happened to him as a child that led him to make these fucked up decisions so that he could gain power and get some very peculiar grasp on reality that he thinks gives him meaning, but it doesn't. Maybe if we just prayed for him, maybe everything would stop. Maybe if these people in power who I happen to believe I haven't been quiet about this, um, are truly fucking evil. Maybe all they need is a prayer. You know, maybe it's true. Maybe Fauci is a sociopathic, motherfucking murdering, mass murdering piece of shit who also invented AIDS, you know? Maybe he is that, and all he needs is somebody to pray for him. All he needs is somebody to love up on him. Maybe he's not. I think he probably is. But um, maybe all that person needs is prayer. Maybe there's a miracle awaiting the world. Maybe we can heal this fucking thing if we get out of our heads and get into our hearts and access variable kindness, access the quantum field and decide to be loving instead of spiteful or hateful to our neighbors on Facebook or whatever. And we just throw silent blessings and prayers all over the place. Then what? There are somewhere between 75 and 200 listeners of this podcast. What if each one of us paused throughout our day moving forward and threw some love out to our Facebook frenemies or the leaders we're not happy with and decided to bless them instead of curse them? I will let you ponder that. Have a beautiful day. Bye.
I do.